Back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Cowboys sent you. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We are ticking down today is one week we have one week left until the actual the actual DAC deadline of july 15th so uh we're just kind of all twiddling our thumbs waiting for news waiting for some thawing waiting for some movement waiting for anything at this point and uh, i'm just one of cowboys nation waiting to hear what's what's happening next Somehow the Dak Prescott contract takes continue to get worse and worse every day. I didn't know that was possible, but you wake up, you look at Twitter, and it's like, wow, didn't think it could be this bad, but it is. So I just can't wait till it's over. Actually, I can't even wait until just that deadline passes. I don't even at this this point care uh, if they sign him to a long-term deal or not. I just want it to be over with. Yeah. Um, All right, so we've got some news today regarding Dak Prescott. Uh, ESPN (laughs) had a fantastic article this morning. Uh, by staff writer Jeremy Fowler. Uh, he pulled a bunch of different NFL executives, scouts, coordinators, uh, asking them a simple question. Who are the top 10 quarterbacks entering the 2020 season? Uh, they were asked to rank them all, these, these 20 executives. Um, and the results were absolutely fa- uh, you know, fascinating. At number one is Patrick Mahomes, who you would expect. Uh, but what's so interesting about these rankings is the, the variance here. Most of the the evaluators put Mahomes as the top-ranked quarterback in the league, uh, but somebody ranked him as the fourth best. Um, scrolling down, you, you've got guys like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, all listed above at Dak, above Dak Prescott. Uh, Prescott finally comes in at number nine. Uh, his highest ranking by an evaluator was four. The lowest was 13. Um, and I'm going to read you one of the 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 quotes from an afc executive he said uh, that great rookie season set the stage for him to hit another level that he's never really going to hit the bar got set so high and i don't know if he can reach it he hasn't thrown the ball well since 2016. landon let's go ahead and start there the the ranking of number nine that quote from an afc executive what are your thoughts when you saw this uh, that they forgot to look at the 2019 season. <laughs> I, you know, look. I mean, what? What? That quote doesn't make any sense, especially since no. his 2019 season was better than his rookie season in, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different metrics. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really, and that's my issue with, you know, these rankings and and the the amount of uh, you know heft that we give these because they come from uh, how do they phrase it. Uh, NFL executives, exactly. Uh, yeah. the, so the, people the, making decisions. The VP of marketing is an NFL executive. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's you know, true. I, my guess, I mean, though, is that my guess is if I, you know, this is probably somebody who does have some say. Sure. In a no, I, I'm front office. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, but but you know, the other part of this is that you know, we should we just as a fan. 
if you're going to yeah. get the opinion of two different AFC executives, one of them is uh, the one of the family member o- uh, ownership of people from Cincinnati Bengals, and one of them is uh, Bill Belichick, and you're going to weigh those equally. You know, I I think that there's there's some issue there. You know, I, I, it's not again. This is an article for for off season reads for clicks for fun. I, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like you know, rain on anybody's parade or, or anything like that. But I, I just think that there's a, a level of heft that comes with the phrase NFL executives that I think we should parse here because not all of them are created equal, and also the methodology that we're talking here. It's fair enough. Each one of these guys come from different teams that have different. Uh, uh, you know schemes they have different things that they look for in quarterbacks you know kind of trying to homogenize all that and then you know kind of get an an average of the scores from all that it can be messy and i think that's why you're seeing a lot of things kind of wildly not maybe not wildly but certainly out of place right sure and and i i also think that there's a certain amount of you know when you just read through this list there's a certain amount of uh, of name bias that it always exists, right? That, yes, that, yes. That, you know, you you look in. I think the two most common biases you have to watch out for for these kind of lists is recency bias and in name bias. And I and I'm looking at this list, and I don't think recency bias is so much of an issue no. as name bias because now you've got Aaron Rodgers as number three overall. You've got uh, Drew Brees at five, and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have not been top five quarterbacks. I mean, for the last two or three years, right? Yeah. Like, sure. and, and yeah. especially Breeze, when you look at what he was doing at the end of the year, they were having to find a way to work around him, essentially. So, uh, and not that he isn't a great quarterback, you know, at, at certain points, and he can't just turn it on and be one of the best in the league. That, that certainly can happen. But I don't know that, like, putting him at five and, you know, somebody ranked him as the second best quarterback in the league at 41 years old. And that, I mean, come on. Like, even sure. the best Drew Breeze homer can't believe that. So, no, no. you know, I, I guess my, my point is, is that, you know, th- this is all over the place because the NFL execs are all over the place. They all have different opinions, different thoughts. And to try to scientifically homogenize and, 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 and like, you know, average out these scores is going to produce kind of weird results. And having said that, just looking at the Prescott, you know, uh, uh, notes here and all that stuff. I mean, just what you, even what you read. Does that sound? Does that even pass the sniff test of what you saw last season? No, you know, I mean no. he's he has grown. I actually would take. I mean, to be fair to this article, I actually would t- would take uh, the, the other AFC assistant coach <laughs> word over this, where he says yeah. the evolution yep. of him is great. People said coming out he wasn't the most gifted rhythmic passer on timing, but he's really grown in that building. He's a pure pocket guy now with the ability to win with athleticism, and a lot of quarterbacks out there are not. And I think. That's it, is that if you want to look at what Deck Prescott is, is he was a guy who uh, was not a finished product despite having started a lot of games in college and has grown and improved in a way in, in the last few years that if you're like the first AFC exec and not paying attention, you wouldn't have noticed that he's grown <laughs> yeah. into one of the best passers yeah. in, the, in the NFL. And I think last year was a coordination of that it was it was a confirmation that hey that 2016 season wasn't just a fluke it was a preview of things to come um those two AFC executives or one's a coach one's an executive they couldn't be more you know further apart on this uh basically on their thoughts on Prescott 
How come I have a feeling that one of these, probably the one that's more optimistic about Prescott's probably a, a coach on a very good team when the other one, uh, maybe not so much. Um, just really quickly, uh, just because I think it's funny. Uh, there was only two quarterbacks in the AFC last year to average more yards per attempt or adjusted yards per attempt uh, when passing the ball last year. Um, that'd be Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. So uh, well, even if Prescott's not throwing the ball well, he's throwing the ball better than 14 of the other quarterbacks <laughs> in your conference. So calls me Including probably your quarterback, whoever, yeah, I mean, whoever more, you are. So. Prop, almost definitely your quarterback. Statistically, it's likely, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about one more type of bias that's out there, but let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Rock Auto. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their website is incredibly easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box to let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, you mentioned two types of biases that happen when it comes to evaluating players. And and in this case, quarterbacks, you mentioned the recency bias, uh, which we kind of don't think is happening here, considering some of the other names on the list. Uh, We talk about name bias. Um, Another one that I want to talk about and address really quickly is draft pick bias. Um, You'll see a lot of times in the NFL where you are drafted, can kind of stay with you for a long time. And I think we're even seeing it to a degree with Prescott, right? If Prescott was a first-round pick and putting up the same numbers that he has over the first four years of his career, I don't think anybody would be questioning whether the Cowboys should give him a long-term contract. Um, you know, we even see this with some other quarterbacks in the league like Kirk Cousins. I don't think necessarily gets the respect that he deserves because he was a fourth-round pick. Um, I, I, and I think maybe the best example is Russell Wilson. As great as Russell Wilson has been in his career, uh, a passer rating of you know in the 90s every single year. He's the Seahawks have had a winning record every single season that he started. Um, he's never had an, an All Pro vote, which is just shocking to me. He's never had an MVP vote, and in this ranking, uh, somebody believes an NFL executive or coach believes he's the ninth best quarterback in the league. And there's absolutely no statistical argument for that. And if you're watching NFL on Sundays at all, you know that he's not the ninth best quarterback in the league. So what do you think about draft pick bias when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah, it's a real thing. And, and I think Dak really suffers from it as well. But yeah, I think the the one person who really exemplifies that and really, I mean, at least in the modern times, and frankly, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, I was going to say Tony Romo. I mean, really. Oh, absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I think if you talk, look back at where he was. And I think that's why, you know, a lot of this post-career. What's the word? Appreciation. Appreciation of him is so frustrating to people like you and me who spent, you know, a decade defending Tony Romo from a, a sea, an army of not only just. NFL regular folks, but Cowboys fans who didn't appreciate Tony Romo when he was when he was on the team. So, 
Uh, I think Russell Wilson is the guy that really exemplifies it now, right? I mean, this is a guy who... He's the more accomplished I mean, version of Tony Romo, right? He, he is. He's what he, we he's, all was hoping that Romo would do in the playoffs, right? Yeah, and, 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 and he, you know, he he's MVP-level play. I mean, like, this is a guy who's... Every single season these last few years has been absolutely, you know, uh, single-handedly carrying Seattle in a lot of different ways to, you know, just and really despite a lot of different things working against him has, has performed incredibly. It's superhuman in the last few seasons and still, still, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm kind of taken aback by that. You're saying that he's never gotten an MVP vote before. That's just, I mean, that's completely shocking, you know, and not I mean, an all pro vote he, either. That's either of those, all, not, not a single all pro vote in the last or I don't know how many years you've been playing now. Eight years. It's not a single it's, one. It's it's totally shocking, you know, because he's a guy that has played like one of the best at his position for you know basically since his second year, his first year in the league, and yep. and and has still not managed to kind of thaw the uh, uh, the the initial thought on him because of of where he was drafted. You know, I wonder if Dak, if he starts having that kind of, and you know, we all knock on, hopefully does have that kind of success that Russell Wilson does. If he, you know, if we win a Super Bowl with Dak, and I feel like maybe that might be a different situation just because of all the exposure Dak will get with the Cowboys, and I think maybe that eventually will turn over. But you know, it, it's it is shocking to me how much uh, you. The general consensus seems to just continue to uh, to default to the 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 draft pick as a you know kind of status as a what type of what you know level of player this is like th- that this can't be a best player in the like the idea that you can't be one of the best players in the league without being a first round pick first sure is is so so wrong it's been proven th- you know throughout the, the NFL history but but yet people still like really hold on to draft status as a as a as an indicator of exactly what kind of you know stock you you are or or what kind of a, a level of talent you are yeah i mean i think a, a perfect example is dax rookie season i mean we just got done talking about it but he was fantastic he had a passer rating of 105 uh they won 13 games that season um he completed 68 percent of his passes but remember, he wasn't the one getting MVP votes. It was the running back that was getting the MVP votes. And I remember coming out of that season, the, the narrative was, well, it's Ezekiel Elliott. The running game is what makes Dak Prescott good. If he doesn't have those things, there's there's no way that he can keep up that success. So I, I remember even his rookie year being that way. And I think, you know, even if the Cowboys were to go on and have success, you know, this year, let's say they get to the Super Bowl even, I, I think it would be the same thing is – well, it's the running game that's making him good. It's the offensive line, blah, 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 blah. I just think he's going to be a victim of being a fourth-round pick for his entire career. You still hear it with Russell Wilson. People still, to this day, say that the reason why Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are good, so good is because of that defense. And they're talking about the defense from 2018, <laughs> 2019. Well, let me tell you, if you watch Seattle over the last couple of, couple of years, their defense has been awful. And it's yeah. been Russell Wilson that's been saving them and getting them into the playoffs. So, uh, I, I, unfortunately, it's probably going to be a narrative that hangs around for a while. It even stuck with Bra- Tom Brady, a six-round pick, until you know he won his third and fourth Super Bowl. That's when people f- really thought, well, you know, now he's an all-time great. But even even now, there's still people that question whether Bel- Brady is uh, uh, just a product of Belichick. So, 
Um, it, it's just funny how this how this kind of works out. And you know, if you're a competent first round pick at quarterback uh, like Jared Goff, you really don't hear any of these questions, right? How often are we talking about whether Goff deserved his contract? Or anything like that, you, you you just don't hear it very often. So, well, look at the, uh, there's look my at the list that we just talked. Just look at the list that we just talked about. You know, look at the list of, of the ranking of the quarterbacks that we just talked about. How wildly out of everywhere the opinions were on these guys. Yeah. These are the same people that are making the draft picks. Right. So you know, like it, it's gonna reflect in that sort of way that you, there's a bunch of people all who have different opinions on how football should be played at every single position. They're selecting the players they want. Sometimes there are sub players that come out of college that are so universally, uh, you know, that are universally good that that everyone seems to keep them uh, in in you know in their mind and in, in, at the top of their boards. But at the same time, like you know, some of the best players get mislabeled by these guys, and and as yep. they kind of yep. you know make it through that, slip through the cracks there. These these guys don't want to admit that they missed on those guys, you know. They want to they want sure. to believe that they that, that that they're a product of this and that. And, oh no, it wasn't my evaluation. So, you know, the, a lot of the issue is that we, we we as fandom kind of generally take the word of the same people that are drafting these players, and and, and yep. so when they miss them, they're not like trying to come out and sing the praises of a guy that everybody in the league missed on, right? So it's it, it's it's natural that. There's going to be a lot of skepticism until you know they've been hit over the head with it, and there's, they've been given no choice. I, I agree. It's just this is a, a fun article to kind of pick through because you get to to kind of peek through a keyhole to, to steal a Sigmund uh, Bloom phrase uh, to see how front offices work um, and how they think. So um, let's take one more quick break, and we will come back and we will uh, talk about something that happened way back in 2006. All right, Landon, I want you to think back to 2006. Uh, the top song was uh, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. He actually had two number one hit singles. Uh, 2006 for movies was, was good. We had The Departed. Uh, we had uh, Pursuit of Happiness, uh, The Prestige. Uh, first of all, what were you doing in 2006? Do you remember? Oh, I was uh, trying to save up money to move out to Los Angeles, actually. Yeah. Best I was living in Dallas you ever made, still. Right? Living in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember you're you're a film guy? Do you remember what movie won uh, Best Picture in 2006? Oh, I'm I'm a film guy, but not a years guy. Uh, <laughs> 2006? No, I don't. Was it, it was Crash? Crash? Was uh, it Crash? Yeah. Oh God, but not a, not a great year for movies for like no, uh, Oscar not. movies. But um, we're gonna talk about the 2006 draft, which uh, kind of coincidentally not a very good draft. Uh, just not a great year in 2006. So. Um, Bleacher Report just put out a new article redrafting the entire first round of the 2006 draft. If you don't remember, the Cowboys took uh, <laughs> linebacker Bobby Carpenter. I'm trying to be nice. I, I appeared on his radio show the other day, so I was, <laughs> I'm trying to be as nice as possible. Uh, didn't let's just say did not work out with Dallas Cowboys. Um, first of all, Bobby Carpenter. What do you remember most about his career with the, with the Dallas Cowboys? That. Uh, his father was uh, had played for Bill Parcells, and, and that's that, the reason he got picked. And that's the reason he got drafted. And that he was best friends <laughs> with Jason Witten and Tony Romo. That's that's all I remember. Yeah, I actually don't remember any big play from. His, no, wait, uh, didn't he? Didn't 
I, didn't he score pick six against us? Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's what I remember the most. He had two interceptions uh, in the Lions-Cowboy game in 2009 or 2010 or something like that. So that's that's what I remember the most about Bobby Carpenter is him not making any plays for the Cowboys and um, making plays for the Lions. So uh, in this redraft, they have the Cowboys drafting running back Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, that's fine. It's whatever. But what I want to talk about more is... Uh, back in that 2006 draft, who are your pet cats? Who are you hoping that the Cowboys would select uh, with that 18th pick? Well, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit beforehand, but I, I think that you know you had mentioned Manny Lawson, and that that was a guy that I think that uh, um, I, I had been looking at. You know, I, I, if I remember correctly, I, we were also kind of looking at DBs a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so I, I remember Jimmy Williams was a guy from Virginia Tech that I that oh, I really liked. That's a good liked. one. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah I, I, they had. I mean, you had a good one too. That was like one of the top guys. Uh, that uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Antonio Cromartie. That he yeah. obviously ended yeah. up having quite a long career, and and not only in football but also in fathering. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite hard knocks moments ever, by the way, is when he forgets sitting, the now he forgets. He's sitting on his helmet, to, trying to name all his kids. It's one of my favorite moments. <laughs> uh, you know, there, looking back, this was a terrible draft. Class. It was an awful draft. Yeah. Uh, so um, that was which is thing. kind of surprising considering we were just talking about this again before the show, but. That 2005 college football season was incredible. One yeah. of the best college football seasons I remember. Um, and there was a lot of guys coming into this draft that yeah. we thought were... Generational be, talents, man. Right. Like, Mario yeah. Williams and Reggie Bush and Vince Young. And A.J. Hawk was fantastic Ohio, at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, even, you know, Matt Leinart, some people really, really like coming out of USC. So we thought this was going to be a, a great class Turns out it maybe is one of the worst over the last two decades. I mean, think about Vernon Davis and Ernie Sims blowing up the combine and, and like Haloti yeah. Nada, who Haloti Nada, I mean, obviously is one of the guys drafted at 12 who probably lived up to his career value and it may, actually may end up being yeah. the best player in this draft uh, is, is, when it's all said and done. But I mean, like, there was just a class. I mean, all those guys, Cameron Wimberly. Broderick Bunkley, all these guys were freaks of nature. That that whole Florida State class that we were so sure was going to come out and just let light the world on fire, and frankly, um, Antonio Cromartie was the only one who really was, uh, you know, that lived up to any of the hype. I mean, Cameron Wimberly, Broderick Bunkley, Ernie Sims, Antonio Cromartie, all first rounders from Florida State. And really, the only one who did anything worth worth their draft pick was, you know, Antonio Cromartie. It was just a, a really weird year because you had a lot of big name players like Santonio Holmes had a huge career yeah. at Ohio State, uh, went picked twenty five to Pittsburgh, made a big play in the Super Bowl. But um, if I remember correctly, and I'm going to double check this right now, uh, had just one thousand yard year in his entire career in the NFL. Uh, so I think you can say that he was for the most part a bust. Um, just, just not a not a great class. So, as much as we want to kill the Cowboys for taking Bobby Carpenter, and again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But there wasn't a ton of great options behind Bobby Carpenter in this draft. Sure, like Tom Bahali and Cromartie would have been great. Um, even Manny Lawson started for a few years in the NFL, but 
just just not a great class. And sometimes you need to remember that when we when we do these draft evaluations and we think about draft picks is, you know what, sometimes there's just not good options and you're kind of left left taking guys who are going to be role players higher than you want, but it's just the the nature of this class and this 2006 class, not very good. Um, I'll, I'll just run down through the rest of the Cowboy class really quickly. Um, just, just for a little bit of a refresher, uh, Dallas took Anthony Fasano in the second round. Um, he was fine, just not with the Cowboys. He, he, it turned out to have a long career in the NFL. Jason Hatcher, actually by far the best player in this class of the Cowboys, um, you know, got paid by the Redskins, had a double-digit sack season, and I believe, was that 2012, 2013? Uh, you know, I think that first year with Rod Marinelli. Um, yeah. And then maybe the guy that I was the most excited about in this class that uh, never did anything in the NFL. Do you remember Skylar Green coming from LSU? I do, yes. Power returner, he kick was, returner. Yeah, he was uh, uh, Parcells was really high on him. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, he I, but he didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he, he had five punt returns in his career with Dallas for twenty six yards. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Didn't work yeah. out. No. If only they would have been a little higher on a, a different kick returner a couple rounds earlier. Uh, Devin Hester went right after their second oh. round pick. Yeah, imagine what Dallas would have looked like with Devin Hester. Um, and then Montavious Stanley in the sixth round. EJ Whitley, a center who never played, and then one of my favorite Cowboy day three picks of all time. Pat McQuiston, uh, him and his brother Paul McQuiston actually made it in the NFL for a long time. Uh, I hate to say this, but maybe one of the ugliest p- players in NFL history. But Pat McQuiston turned out to be a, a pretty, def- a pretty, pretty decent swing tackle in the NFL. Wow, I didn't know we were we were judging them by ugliness, but yeah, well, okay, <laughs> I, won't, I, mean, I, won't, I, I won't deny it. I was going to say, am I wrong? No, you, I don't know. Okay, there you go. There, there you go. I, People, I'm certainly not going to debate you on it. No. Okay, well, if you ever think I'm wrong, go Google Pat McQuist. Uh, that is it for today's show. We're going to end it on that note, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. uh, make sure you guys download the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. Landon is at McCoolBCB. Make sure you listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.